Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive and live well. So let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Three Little Things podcast. We are here again, myself and Lily, and we have another guest, surprise, surprise, joining us for another episode. So we're going to kick straight in. And Danny, I'm going to throw to you. I want you to tell our audience who you are, a little bit about yourself and um, what you're going to share with us today. So my name is Danny Dan Hansan, the golf horse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I originated in Dublin and Ireland. I've been on the Northern Beaches now for about seven years. What kind of drove me to come to Australia was just, um, I lived here about 10 years ago, really liked it, had to leave, came back. And yeah, now I call it home. I delved into training since a kid, played sports all through my life, got injured more than I would like to mention. I think you two can attest that, you've <laughs> assessed my body. <laughs> um, and then I just, yeah, when I had to eventually give up playing football at 27, I really started to look into why. Like why could someone play the same sport as me, be the same kind of body type as me and not get the same level of injuries? And so I really opened the floodgates on like just absorbing as much information as I could. I mm. went to every workshop I could think of. I learned from everybody who interested me, like as in if I saw something and I was quite interested by it. I eventually like got certified as a PT around 2009, 2010. And that was mainly just because I actually wanted to start teaching people. Mm -hmm. So before that, I was in a, I was a gym goer, you know, for at least five, six years before that. So at that time, most of my learnings was through magazines and like, yeah, showing my age a little bit, but actually <laughs> men's health and whatnot, just reading things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I, I came to Australia um, to actually help out a friend. She had two kids and wanted me to come and um, mind them. And it just turned out that the gym that I was following on social media was about 5K from where we were, where I was going to be living. And I was like, okay, this is fake. Like, mm. Was a big reason for this and the level of coaching I suppose that they offered wasn't what I had experienced in Ireland and so most of the stuff prior to that was by myself and so then yeah I really immersed myself in that and then long story short they offered me a job I had to um I was doing a bit of traveling in New Zealand but then I came back when they were ready to employ me and then I ended up staying there for four years working with them that was awesome because I was able to grow with the business in terms of my knowledge and also as more members came in so it started to allow me to work with different body types and we were in some cases like really high numbers 24 even sometimes 30 people in a in a class mm -hmm. so it kind of really got me seeing ah the stuff that i was learning in the textbook like throw that out the window a little bit because mm -hmm. like you know such and such is a different hip to that person to mm -hmm. that person to that person and then i had to yeah start to create my own little way of assessing people that's kind of how i landed in sydney mm -hmm. i'm happy to go on if you would like me to explain anymore but uh, my background is uh, Irish football Gaelic football so very yeah. kind of very similar to AFL so it's a lot of contact I think AFL and Gaelic football share the highest amount of ACL reconstructions due to the tackling yeah so I've had three knee injuries as a result 
I think since I've come to the Northern Beaches, I've now been able to help, I suppose, as many people in similar situations to myself. Mm. And that sounds like um, exactly why we wanted you here, Danny, because when I first met you, you did come in as a patient. But what I saw was a person who was incredibly dedicated to um, his craft, you know, because really in the end it is scientific, but it's actually how it's put together in an art form as to how it's received by individuals. You you can go to a gym, you know, join a class in a big sort of um, fancy, um, big name establishment, but nobody really knows who you are. You know, just one of a bunch of 30 or 40 people. But when I met you, I thought, this guy really does care. You've you've looked into your your client's physiology, structure, um, where they are mentally as well, and how, how you're going to work with them to get the maximum benefit from them, would you say? Yeah, interesting you should say that about the name because when I left, so False Grip was the name of the gym on the North Beaches, it's like kind of specializes in helping people move better and whatnot. But interestingly, when I left, there was a guy who came up to me and he said, it really meant so much to me the moment you started using my name Mm. and started calling me dude or bro or mate. I found that very interesting and I said to him, that comment is going to mean more than you think because from that day on I always made it very like it was very important for me to say the person's name Mm, mm. because I never meant any offense by it but you would just say hey bro but actually what he took that as is this person doesn't know my name Mm, mm. and so I think for me like in my own world my community is in an online space but actually not forgetting that how much that means to people to be personal, even yeah. in a group setting, as an example. Yeah, and we do know, you know, some of our patients do go and see you for training, and we do know you have a file on them, you know, so you know them really well mm-hmm. and all their strengths and weaknesses. And just regarding the word grip strength, um, there's been so much research regarding grip strength and cardiovascular health oh, wow. and the correlation. So um, I'm just so into all this hand strength and balance and proprioception that um, that you do is, you know, is actually really um, modern but really ancient isn't it I mm-hmm. mean back in the day when we had to climb trees to to feed ourselves and I see these poor kids now with hands like floppy fish and mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking well you're not going to feed my tribe very well you know yeah so I love where you're going with the whole using hands as um, feedback and a place to start really mm-hmm. yeah I actually implement that now with my own daughter like uh... She has so much hanging, she has so much climbing, mm. and I just think it's it's a you know, it's something that's dying off a lot because I see a lot of kids just been handed an iPad as an example. And as much as I appreciate that technology is a massive part of our learning, I for me personally and our family, we defo instill the old like get out in the dirt, run around, mm. like mm. oh yeah, okay, you're gonna get you're going to get dirty, you're going to get some potential illnesses from that, but it's only going to make you more resilient, which is mm-hmm. kind of what was instilled from my parents, right? And I guess it brings us neatly to a couple of points that I know you will cover, and that is your point of difference to other people and how you work with other people, and also how you've scaled it to become a bit of a phenomenon, haven't you? So you can tell us about that. Yeah, I think what was quite interesting was for five years, is when like it's about five years now I've been kind of solidly posting in a social platform and it was always very similar exercises as in similar to what you would be exposed to if you worked with me the difference being is about maybe 12 months ago I started to try to get my personality that you would experience in a personal setting actually mm-hmm. on a social setting because that can be quite challenging when you 
are in a room by yourself and you turn a camera on and it's like, okay, be funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started to invest in watching a lot of people online who do it quite well. Mm. I started to kind of ask myself, what are they doing that's different to me? And then there's, there's a lot of structure behind how you would do a video. And for most people, they don't do that. They just go, okay, cool. I have this cool exercise. I'll get it online and then, you know, people are obviously going to like it because I like it. Mm. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's how you present it, right? Mm-hmm. And so then I started to look into how I present myself. I improved how I present myself, I feel. And I say that because that's what caused the algorithm to change in the social media and get a lot more people exposed to what I'm doing. For me, it's irrelevant how many followers you get. I'm not into that. It's more now I get to expose to a lot more people, right? And mm-hmm. That's been really rewarding because I'm getting a lot of people actually reach out to me who don't invest in me financially. They just watch my videos and they've tried the stuff and they're seeing huge improvements. Mm. And for me, it's not I have, it's not like I've created anything different. What I've done is the, the difference with me is, is my focus. So, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago when I was in the gym, when I was programming workouts, I was programming based on the muscles, right? So I would say, Okay, today I'm going to train my lower body. I'm going to train my quads to be specific. Well, as now my thought process is different. It's like we are not two dimensional. So why would I just train in a linear fashion mm-hmm. or like program in a linear fashion? I prefer like three dimensional. So what I do is I focus on the joint itself. So I say to myself, how's that shoulder performing? Like how are you doing what a shoulder should do? It's a ball mm-hmm. socket joint. Is the rotation involved? No, you're probably missing a massive part of your training. Yeah. And I noticed that when you change it that way, it's like, think of it nearly like for me, it's like sports performance, but it's performing every day. Like, mm-hmm. how do you perform every day? And if you're just going in, you know, and you've been sitting in a car and you've been sitting at a desk and then you go and you do squats, you're now becoming really efficient in that same kind of motion. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. you guys will probably see it because you're, you know, you're assessing these people, you're mm-hmm. correcting them. And then the reality is they're not changing what they're doing outside of being here. So then they end up coming back in with the same problems. And my goal with every client that I ever have is to get to a stage where they don't need me. Mm-hmm. But the benefit of what I do is when someone moves better, then they go, oh, I saw you do handstands. That's really cool. Or I yeah. saw you do gymnastic stuff. That's really cool. How do I do that? And then my programs are built on a continuum. So I say, okay, you might be at this train stop and the destination's the same. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the... That's my approach to things, and it, it works really, really well. I feel. I feel. It's yeah. great because, um, as you say, it's um, it's three dimensional, you know, and it's functional movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just the mirror muscles, mm-hmm. the ones you can see when you have a nice big, you know, bicep or pec or whatever those names are. I should know them because <laughs> I did do it at uni, didn't I? Once, a long time. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean. So bringing back to the ancient times again, if I saw someone, I would say, I definitely want you on in my tribe because if someone attacks- Survival. Yeah, you know, you guys are gonna, you know, draw the, the best bow and arrow or throw the mm-hmm. spear the furthest. So yeah, I like that. So um, who would your demographic be then, Danny? Interestingly, I always thought my demographic was younger than it was. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I started to focus a lot more on the kind of insights on my social media and whatnot. and. Then, interestingly, the people who came to work to me probably in the last two years, it's all in the same demographic. So mm-hmm. it was like, it's been quite interesting. It started younger when I was really kind of pushing out handstands and whatnot. But then I noticed like, you know, people aren't even ready for handstands or people would think, people think handstands is a gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it's 
it, it opened up my awareness to my uh, discrepancies in my body because I take standing on my feet for granted. Whereas when I put my hands on the ground and I kicked up against the wall, I was like, whoa, I do not understand yeah. this position whatsoever, right? Interesting. So then it, it, you know, it exposed me to see that I couldn't even put my hands over my head. Like I'd have to arch from my back. Mm-hmm. So then it, it was like, well, actually, you know, is your body moving well? And then it led me into obviously more movement. And so when I really changed, actually, if I'm being honest, and um, because of my lack of shoulder flexion or optimal shoulder flexion, I would say, because I was at a stage where I was working towards a one-arm handstand and it involved a lot more uh, flexibility through my shoulders. I ended up with like uh, quite a chronic back pain for about five years and that was quite extreme. And um, when that subsided and, and passed, uh, I created a bit of a phobia to kind of delve mm. back into that volume. I'm talking like five hours a day, right? So it was quite extreme. It's not. I'd say well, for most people, they're probably not going to be giving themselves five hours no. a day to try and have sounds. And so then, so then I was like, well, how did I get past that back pain? How did I overcome that? And then I, when I started to change my mindset and put more energy into actually teaching people how to move better, and um, yeah, it was like 45 plus just started to like, mm. it, I feel it's like it's that 35 to, to 65 is my chunk. Mm. 45 to 55 are usually the people that are reaching out. And I feel a lot of that is because they've tried and tested all the stuff. Like, you know, the biggest problem with the fitness industry is like hit and conditioning. It's very well marketed. Mm. So you get that initial dopamine effect. You feel afterwards, oh, that was a that was a really good workout. Mm. But then maybe you're not addressing like mm-hmm. how you're performing in that. And then I always give the analogy of like, it's nice to have a Ferrari, but if you drive at 100 miles an hour all the time, you're going to burn the engine out. Yeah. So I prefer to have hybrid during the week, Ferrari the weekend. That's usually how it things. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like consistency beats intensity, right? Yeah, that's a good saying, actually. And also it's um, the long game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because a lot of things that um, you're talking about, we have talked about over the last several podcasts, uh, episodes regarding um, lasting well and being in homeostatic balance and you know, homeo- um, sorry, homeostasis is a word that we use a lot now. And also feedback, feed forward. So all that proprioceptive knowledge in your hands, going back to your brain. But also we've covered osteoporosis recently, didn't yeah. we? And yep. what you're saying is going to help all that, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah I, um, I saw something somewhere where I think it was 100 years ago, the average age of life expectancy was 40 years of age. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm not even there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I'm going to be twice that age, if not more. Like, so what's the hurry, right? Mm-hmm. I've been doing this kind of mobility stuff on my own body for about seven years now. And even I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Well, I think it was you, Lee, who actually said to me, I was like, you just have to appreciate the trauma you've put on your body and how well you actually move even based on that. Mm-hmm. And that was a big game changer for me to be like, okay, like, I just have to be okay with where I'm mm. at, right? I have a, a different story of like, as in a story within my body from when I was in my twenties. I'm now in my thirties. It's a different, it's a different type of body. People always ask the question of, do you feel like you're in a, a you know, a better body than the twenties? And I think, well, it depends on the scenario, right? I was playing football. I don't think my body is in the same like current situation that would facilitate for the sport that I used to play. But at the time when I was in my twenties, I thought I was robust, right? I could run through a brick wall and not get injured. Now I could 
lift a broomstick and attention. <laughs> but also, you know, you are a lot less inflamed because of the knowledge you gained just from yeah. how you've um, taken care of yourself in the last, you know, several years. How is it different? I mean, what are you doing differently when someone comes? Let's say I want to do a handstand. Do you have a, um, would you say yes, no, 20% of you guys might do it, 80%? So the handstand for me is the visual. Mm-hmm. I always get people to work towards the visual because I believe when you can kind of see something that you want to work towards, it's more addictive. So there's nothing wrong with doing bicep curls in front of a mirror, but for me, for a lot of people, it can get boring. But if I have a visual that you're working towards, let's just say it's a, a chin-up. You might be doing bicep curls because you're not ready to do a chin-up yet, but you understand what the intent behind that is. And so what I find then is that drives you to want to do the chin-up mm-hmm. in the, like, in the sense of a handstand, the handstand is cool. For most people, again, if we're dealing with people 45 plus, it's like, oh, my kid wants to do cartwheels. My kid wants to do um, handstands. How, how do I get into a position that wouldn't it be cool if I could just do it with them? Yeah. And so for me, then it's like I have, again, like a continuum. So if someone's not ready for, you know, let's say, example, a 60 second plank, it's still a handstand. It's just toe resisted, if you think about it. Mm. Your hands are on the floor, you're taking your body weight. You just have your toes or your knees there to assist you. Okay, can you work up to like 60 seconds as an example? Okay, cool. Now can you elevate your feet or can you elevate your knees? So now you're starting to put more weight onto the hands. And then eventually that works up onto the wall. And if someone's ready, then eventually that will work away from the wall. So everything is, it's the same destination. But then we just appreciate where we're at. We appreciate the time that it's gonna take. And then for me, the biggest thing is capacity. I believe there's no such thing as a stupid exercise. I believe it's the capacity that you have within yourself when you're carrying out that movement. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, unfortunately, CrossFit gets bagged a lot. I don't think there's anything wrong with CrossFit if we appreciate that it's a sport and you're going to be put under like stress and you're going to be put under in a competition setting where you're not thinking about, oh, am I using my glutes? Am I using this? No. I've been told to lift that barbell over my head. I've been told to do a certain amount of reps in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so then the question I ask is, was the body prepared when you did that? Because most people are getting injured and then they go, oh, yeah, but it was because of CrossFit. It's like, no, it wasn't because of CrossFit. Yeah. It was because of your body when you carried that movement. You know, I have a lot of friends who do a lot of, you know, movement prep and actually get their body moving well. And guess what? They're really, really good at CrossFit because the body's prepared for it. Mm. And I think that's what led me into creating, like, my mobility workshops, which I call Prehab for Performance. Because I believe everybody's an athlete and that we have to perform daily. And so if you're not prepared for it, then you're going to get injured, right? Or at least you're going to have a yeah. some form of an injury, I would, I would believe. Mm. Yeah, and I like bringing all that back. Like for me, this is sort of all stemmed from when you said you talked about the 2D versus 3D. And I think if people can understand that concept, everything else you've just said fits so beautifully into that. You know, we're not, you know, some people might, but for a lot of us, we're not just going to the gym because we want one big muscle, one big bicep, whatever we're working on. It's that functionality so that we can live better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot of the work that we do in here with our clients, with our neuro work and our balance work, proprioception work, exactly the same as what you're doing, Danny. You know, we're helping people function better, move better, have better mobility, so ultimately they can live better, live more comfortably, and as you say, you know, have a body that's prepared. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that's awesome. So prehab, I like that. So what was mm-hmm. it called prehab for? Performance. Yeah, rather than rehab. <laughs> yeah, I think as a, as a human beings are reactive, not proactive. Mm. So most people will come to you because 
they're sore or in pain. Mm -hmm. Most of the time I come to you guys is like, oh, it's been three or four weeks or, you know, maybe even longer. Mm. And it's like, I feel a bit twisted. It's okay, it's time yeah. for me to go in because mm. I appreciate the, like, I appreciate the benefit of referrals. Mm. So even in my own line of work, if yeah. I'm working with somebody mm. and in some aspects, I need a bit more assistance, like physical therapy, because I mm. believe, yeah, everybody says this, like, oh, but if you move to the best of your ability, shouldn't you not need a correction? But my understanding is we don't live in, like, it's it's not just the hour you're with me. It's the 23 hours you're not with me. So mm -hmm. if you're coming and we're yeah. training, that's great. Mm -hmm. But then you go and you sit back in the desk and you sit mm -hmm. and think, and, you know, without even people noticing, like, when I, when I do, like, a video call with people and after about two or three minutes of talking to them and then I highlight, oh, you, you notice you sit on your left hip yeah. for the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. already I can tell that person could probably benefit from a correction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we, we have a lot of our mutual patients. That's great. And I love the prehab bit because um, right now my oldest son, you know, the, the saying that I have for a lot of people is that you need to get fit to do that sport, not do that sport to get fit. Mm -hmm. So he popped his shoulder um, surfing and he's done no prehab for surfing. So so guess what? He's going to be doing rehab. But um, <laughs> Daddy, I would love him to come and see you. But he's also got, got to get over that fear of um, putting force through that shoulder, mm -hmm. you know, much like Archie. Yeah, well, that, I was going to kind of intertwine that. Yeah. I mean, those, those two boys are yeah. a great example. Really poor stability in their shoulders. And I reckon if I said to Arch, let, let's learn how to do a handstand. There would be absolutely no way because instantly he's got that apprehension of, mm -hmm. well, I know what's going. I know what's going to happen. My shoulder's going to pop out. But that's where I love what you spoke about before, Danny. Is that essentially any any body can do that. It's about working on that continuum. And you said it before as well. I was like, okay, well, you might be here and the destination's there, so it might take us a little bit longer, but we can still get there. We can still adapt and create change and prepare the body to get there. But we have to do the work. That could be a good uh, gift for the boys, actually. <laughs> no, Sam, I mean, we'll come to where you'll be in the next eight months because you're you're going nuts in the next... Life's a bit crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I would love to gift um, these two young men um, several sessions with yeah. you because to me, there's never a no is actually not yet, mm. you know? Yeah, so, I think people, the, again, if we relate it back to the marketing of the fitness industry, you've got two-week transformations, you've got six-week yes. transformations, and they're not realistic. If we actually look at the people who do a two week or a six week and we look at the relapse afterwards, mm -hmm. as in going, whether it's a weight loss or whether it's working towards a specific goal, it's like the amount of people that bounce back because mm. it's not sustainable. It's sustainable. Yeah. yeah. So for me, the hardest part for most people is the appreciation and the consistency. So yeah. I have, you know, I've got people I can show you who started, I believe, the oldest person who I will say, got to a, a really decent level of handstands, was 48 as a starting point, never did it as a kid. Mm -hmm. She then like built up to, she could correct me if she's listening, but <laughs> about 57, 58 seconds freestanding. Wow. Yeah, and so she's now Amazing. maybe five years on and she just did the work. She just, yeah. if you said, like literally, if I said to her, I want you to do X, Y, and Z, she would go, okay, mm. how many times a week? Mm. No question. Consistency versus intensity. We're just appreciating that. Yeah. Maybe I know what I'm talking mm. about. Maybe it's like it's I'm just being reality. Like yeah. people are hurt by reality, right? Like mm. people are hurt if I say to them, "Yeah, you're probably about two years away from that." Yeah. I remember doing a workshop in Ireland about four years ago, I think it was, and I at the end they asked me where was I at with my handstand. So I was showing them that I was working towards a one arm handstand. I was balancing on one hand, and I had like a finger on on the mm. opposite hand out mm. to the side, so yeah. that was allowing me to balance. Yeah. 
And they said, oh, you must be really close. I'm like, yeah, probably about two years. Mm-hmm. And they were like, so two years from bending that finger or using that mm-hmm. for support. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's people don't appreciate how long it takes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's also cerebellum. I mean, if you refer to a couple of our previous episodes, we're talking about the cerebellum, which is mm-hmm. all about um, proprioception. And being upside down can create a lot of fear for people, whatever is hooked into their amygdala, you know. And then you and I briefly discussed um we talked about the homunculus briefly earlier on, mm-hmm. which is that model of um, neurons or brain given to certain parts of your body and how many nerve endings you know, go through your hands to your brain. So I just love what you're doing. I, I wish you were mm. going to be around for the next you know, eight months, <laughs> but um, you have some exciting things in the pipeline, Daddy. Yeah, life's got pretty hectic. Mm. Um, my Instagram specifically back in September went a bit crazy because... I won't go on a tangent on that, but basically Instagram changed their algorithm to keep up with TikTok. And I had been making videos that were performance-based where I was trying to catch people's attention, give them something, um, test them, let them recheck. And then because they got a response, they were quite active in commenting or sharing or saving or whatever the case may be. As a result, like we're talking, went to like hundreds of thousands of followers. That exposed me to a lot more people. And one of the biggest things was a hotel in the Maldives. They had originally brought me over to train the managing director, but also their guests. Uh, that's happening again now in four weeks' time. So that's been pretty awesome. And then, do you know what it was? Is it's been three years since I've like seen most of my family members. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're all back in Ireland, and so that kind of spurred me to kind of look at the idea of could I travel around the world? Like, is that a reality? And when we looked at it, you know, I have two young kids younger than four so they're not in school my fiance is on maternity leave so we're like it's it's the prime time time. yeah let's just do it like what's the worst thing that could happen so we are going to the maldives for five weeks there's a um they're doing like a massive kind of fitness event which is really exciting and yeah i'm leading that which is awesome Mm. and then we go around mainland europe for a while back home then to ireland and the uk to kind of see family members and then the hope is to travel back to Sydney, but through the US. So we'll run some workshops over there. And yeah, you know what? The Everything is just, it's just falling into place, right? Mm. You know, and it's like an overnight success success that took um, over 30 years to arrive. <laughs> yeah. said, oh, you're an overnight success. September last year, Instagram went nuts. But the thing is, Danny, you've been doing this since the day you were born, mm-hmm. really. And it's just been part of the journey of your life, you know? So for me, it's actually a story of um, possibilities. Mm, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and I think that's really nice because it ties into, you know, if someone just, someone's listening who hasn't kind of seen anything that you've done and just goes onto your page and sees one video, it it is about possibility. And you said it before, it's about showing someone something, getting them to test it, recheck it, and see a difference. And that, I think, is also the mental benefit to Mm -hmm. what you do with, with your clients. Um, and what your followers can can take away from your page is that, you know, people go, oh, I can't do a handstand or I can't do, you know, stretch my hamstrings like he's doing in that video. And it's like, well, if you apply what you're telling them, you can, you can yeah. do it. And that mental benefit that people yeah. get from that, yeah, is huge. And that's a swear word. I mean, the other swear word is also a C word, but can't is a swear word. You know, won't. Mm. It's actually yeah. won't, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah mm. exactly. I think... Um, what I say to most people is we just appreciate that everything is a skill. Mm. So example, most people who can't stand on their hands, and when I tell them that we've just become really, really good at standing on their feet, yeah. the thing that I test is I get them to stand up with their legs together. Yeah. I tell them to close their eyes. 
and feel how much their toes are working. Yeah, yeah. So they don't take that kind of proprioception into, you know, they don't see how much you are actually constantly moving, right? Mm. We always think, oh, I stand on my feet, I'm static. Mm. It's like you're not static as a human being, right? Mm. You're, mm. you're constantly seeing that little refinement. Yeah, and so then when I relate yeah. that to the hands, initially it's like you're on a it's literally like you're on a surfboard or you're on like mm-hmm. a rocking you know you're really yeah. rocking quite heavily the only difference between you and someone who can balance really really well is that they're just more refined so it's mm. less of a kind of a yeah. refinement That's right. and i think mm. um in relation to the hamstring like which is the one video that kind of went crazy <laughs> is all i'm doing is so uh, this is a good point most people think when they're stretching they think of the area that's stretching so if if you're not watching this and you're listening to it, like if you're standing up straight, your legs are straight, and you try to hinge from your hips to touch your toes, mm-hmm. that's usually what most people kind of give as a benchmark of flexibility. If you can't touch your toes, like what's stopping you? For most people, it's the lengthening of the hamstring, so the back of the legs, the top of the back of the legs, maybe mm-hmm. the calves. All I try to teach people is more to focus on the closing angle, which mm-hmm. would be the front of the legs. Yeah. Because I think for a lot of people, they're actually quite inefficient in carrying out movements. So it's like people think, if the mindset is I'm already tight, yeah, you're right. You're dead right. You're not changing that. Mm. But what if I showed you just like a little quick gimmick mm. to show you like a little change? So some people, you know, if they're very close to touching their toes, maybe now they're touching it. Someone else might go, I didn't touch my toes, but I definitely saw an improvement. Mm. And all I did was was maybe teach them a better technique of how to perform it. Yeah. Mm. The reality is, is if they go and check it again in five minutes, it's probably going to do the same thing unless you apply the same technique. Yeah. You do that over and over again. So consistency then eventually that becomes more natural, right? Yeah, you get change. And yeah. it's the apprehension. That's like, that is why people are not flexible. It's because they're apprehensive. Your body mm-hmm. is protecting itself. And a good example I give most people, if I'm like stretching somebody, is contact. Mm-hmm. So I get someone to go into a position, and then maybe I apply a bit of contact, mm-hmm. and then they see that they're more protected because I'm protecting them with my hands, or I give them a block or a pillow. Straight away they feel that protection, so they, they start to witness that the apprehension is getting less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, adults don't like to fail. So if I show them a way of achieving it, maybe in some aspect, mm. that's going to help them to improve, right? Mm. It's like, yeah, you didn't achieve the touching your toes, but you got better, didn't you? Yeah. Mm. And then straight away they go, ah, okay. So now it's time to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the factors is also um, trust, you know, um, like a lot of people seek out other practitioners or therapists or people because they, they trust you, you know, and then you're able to work and hopefully get the result they're aiming for. So in which case, how do people actually find you, Danny? And can they work with you at the moment or are you? Yeah, so um, hands down, just think of your hands. Think of Dan, that's me. Um, Across all social media, that's kind of the the name that I've been lucky to keep. Mm. Uh, Mm. Prehab for performance is kind of what I market a lot of my workshops because I I believe that you have to prepare for everything and that's, that's where that came from. And um, most people think of performance as sport, but I definitely believe that you have to perform every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so hands down is, is where most people can reach out yeah. to me. I do have like different tiers depending on what the person wants. Mm-hmm. So if someone's looking for actually one-on-one coaching, then obviously that is available. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do offer uh, opt for my 12-week mobility program because with the exposure, obviously there's people at different time zones. So for most people, they get to do that to comfort them like of their own times. Mm-hmm. And that works through an app so they can can find that through handsdown.com or just reach out to me on any social media. Yeah. We'll put that. Well, yeah, I'll put it all in the show notes. People can just literally click on a link, make yeah, it very nice. easy for people. Mm. But 
um, yeah, it helps that it's all the same across all platforms. I'm also happy if any of your listeners are listening, we can create like a discount code and that way, yeah, if they appreciate that they're listening to you, they get some benefit from it. That'd be awesome. I'm happy to help. Be very cool. We've covered a lot of um, information, haven't we, Danny? Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we go on to your um, three little things? We don't got to be three huge things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've covered most of it. I think people should just understand their baseline and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. If it's been 10, 15 years since you've really exposed yourself to training, just appreciate that whatever you could do, mm-hmm. you still will be able to at some point. It just might be today. Um, and yeah, just have fun along the way, right? I, mm. I make my training quite fun because I believe, yeah, that's the biggest thing I get from most people when they come. They're like, ah, oh, this is actually fun. I would love <laughs> a, a child, like a not to five version of it. You know? <laughs> Can you imagine how many kids we'd have mm. having so much fun? Well, I have two kids, so wait till you see them when they're five or six. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you get back from your big overseas job, yeah. you know, or if you ever come back here, you know, we'll... We'll watch the space. I'll definitely be back. September, yeah. I'll be back in Australia. September, October. Yeah, yeah, lovely. What are your three little things? Um, my three little things is definitely consistency. Yeah. Just as I just mentioned there, appreciate exactly where you are. I think uh, accountability. Mm-hmm. So I believe that you should obviously, you know, set a, you know, set a time frame that you can work on something and make yourself accountable. Whether that's find another person in a similar situation go and reach out to a trainer so Mm -hmm. that they'll actually hold you accountable and um i think the last thing is is just be realistic Mm -hmm. like actually set an achievable goal yeah because i think most people like it's very you know the handstand is a a good idea is that if you haven't trained in 10 to 15 years like your handstand might take three to four years Mm -hmm. but like what if you set an initial goal of a plank can you hold a plank for 60 seconds cool you're on the right direction Mm. Now that becomes knees elevated plank, toes elevated plank. Now you're on the wall. Now you're in a handstand. The handstand is only just a visual. It can yeah. be any skill, be right? Yeah. For me, I just mm. chose handstand because it brings people back to their youth, right? It yeah. gets them like having fun again. So for me, be realistic. Like, don't think of two weeks. Don't think of six weeks. They should be your initial thing. So like, it could be like, okay, it took me two weeks to create the habit of just mm. actually training. It took me six weeks to just get in the zone of like, okay. Now I can see how I'm making progress. But for most people, my time frame is 12 to 18 months, yeah. I think, mm. for a realistic change and, and a long-lasting change. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. People mm. wear braces for longer than their teeth, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm. Amazing. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast. I'm sure at some point when you're back, we will definitely have you on for more episodes. Awesome. Um, and we can, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of things that our listeners will be asking and wanting more of. And, and yeah, we'll put your details in the show notes so they can find you there, particularly while you're traveling. Um, we do have some followers, some listeners from all around the world. So that way they can go there. And if you are running workshops around the world, they can hit you up and, and come and join you there. Brilliant. Um, but thank you so much for joining us and all the best with all the exciting things happening in your year this year. Thanks for having me, guys. A quick disclaimer, these episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.